House of Rugby Ireland here on Joe, together with Guinness. Game changed. You're very welcome to House of Rugby on Joe, together with Guinness. Ian Madigan here with Geordie Murphy for a chat. Great to have you on, George. Um, obviously, you're a goal ambassador, similar to myself. Yeah, well, uh, obviously, in these strange times, um, goal, one of the really big, obviously, charity in Ireland uh, is having a lot of difficulty this year organizing goal mile. Well, it's not actually going to be able to be organized events around the country. So they're going virtual this year. Um, so obviously, due to government guidelines and COVID this year, they can't have large gatherings and events. So they're hoping that people will do their own goal mile with kind of close friends and family, obviously keeping safe and at a good distance around the Christmas period. And um, they'll still go online and register at goalmile.org. And um, obviously all the money goes to a brilliant cause. And it's one of, it's one of those things that like personally I've done for years with, with friends and family. And it'll, it'd just be a nice thing to still be able to do around the Christmas period. Obviously I've, touched on it they won't be able to organize large events but on that christmas morning lunchtime or boxing stevens day whatever you want to call it um that kind of time with friends and family where you want to get out and just get a bit of fresh air and why why not try and support a great charity like go while doing it yeah absolutely and i believe um your granddad was was behind the great idea to start it off yeah so my granddad Noel carol was um uh he's an olympic olympic runner for ireland um he's uh he's passed away now by 20 years but um he he had a really strong connection with goal and uh according to my mother he came up with the idea for the goal mile back in 1982 so um it's obviously grown a lot since then and uh as i said it's one of those things that i really remember growing up was christmas day always going down to belfield uh when the old running track was there and going meeting friends and family and um my family was always involved in kind of the money collection side of things as well and just trying to help out in any way they could um, on the day. So I'm delighted, obviously, to be jumping on board with Goal and uh, to be able to promote it in whatever way I can and um, to try and continue that tradition, I suppose, and a bit of a legacy that he's left there. So uh, the last couple of years, I obviously, I haven't been doing it in Belfield, but any time I've got uh, down, I've tried to do it with my mother and her husband John down in um, Herbert Park. But uh, this year it might be it might be a Belfast goal mile for me and and for you. I hope. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. I have great memories of doing the goal mile when I was younger. Um, I remember in the earlier years it would have been uh, me and Dave, my older brother, trying to beat my dad on the track, and then once we passed him out, we'd be competing with each other. Um, but yeah, it was. It was always very competitive. That's obviously not the, the the main reason behind doing it, but I think we couldn't we couldn't help help ourselves when we were uh, when we were younger. And um, I remember really trying to get after Dave, and he was always a bit fitter and a bit quicker than me. But I think he was in sixth year one year, and I was in third year, still fit and a good bit lighter. Um, he'd been out for a few points on, on on Christmas Eve, so that was my time to go go get him. And, <laughs> The two of us yeah, ended up yeah. running each other, running each other into the ground, ended up with a persistent cough for the rest of the day. So I certainly wouldn't recommend that. Um, but no, it's great. Well, like, that's the great thing happy. about it, isn't yeah. it? Just doing it like to kind of either jog, walk, it's some people crawling the bloody thing, you know, and then other people are trying to sprint around, do it as fast as possible. So it's kind of for everyone. Uh, bring bring the dog along, push the prams, everything. So um, no, that was that was the great thing about it. It was kind of inclusive for everyone, wasn't it? So. 
Yeah, absolutely. And we've both been lucky enough as as ambassadors of, of Goal to see the the great work that Goal does on the ground. I was lucky enough to go over to Ethiopia with Leo Cullen, another um, good friend of ours, and you know I got to see what exactly what where the money goes, I suppose. And you, you really get to see firsthand that they really are making a huge difference, changing lives over there, which is um, which is brilliant. Yeah, so it's certainly a great charity to get behind. So hopefully everyone gets out over the Christmas period, not necessarily on, on Christmas Day, but at some stage. And, and as you said, uh, get a bit of fresh air into the lungs and, and see if you can post a good time. Um, but moving on to the rugby stuff, George, obviously you, you joined Ulster back in 2018. And, you know, I think we're both in agreement that the team has come on, you know, a huge amount in that time. But what have been the kind of key changes that you've seen in the time that you've been at the club? Yeah, well, to be honest, when I was coming up, I didn't really know too much about the academy setup and what kind of talent was coming through. So I think that I was really pleasantly surprised um, when I came up, and uh, I think we're seeing we're seeing the fruits of that in the last kind of season, season and a half. A lot, a lot of kind of guys that have come through in in the last year or two are, are really stamping their marks. So I think that's great because I suppose especially in my last couple of years at Leinster, you kind of knew who the Ulster guys were uh, or kind of what what team would probably be playing every weekend. And you, you didn't really see that many young academy guys coming through. But I think in the last year, like obviously the likes of, of say, James Hume or Rob Balakoon, Rob Little, um, Dave McCann, who's coming through now in the back row and, They've, they've just got plenty of talent coming through, which is great because um, that's kind of you're looking towards the future there. You know that it's in good hands and that there's some really quality players coming through. Um, I guess as well, when I first came up, um, there had a lot of turmoil the year before. Um, the rugby hadn't gone great. Obviously, a couple of coaches left. Um, so it was great when Dan came in. So we had Dwayne Peel there and... Um, Jared Payne are still doing a brilliant job, but it was great Great when Dan came in and uh, kind of put his own stamp on things. And obviously that that took a little while, but um, I suppose to a lot of people, we surpassed expectations the first season, maybe not so much to, for ourselves, but um, we, I suppose the first year was, was a growth year for us and uh, kind of finding our identity and seeing what kind of rugby we wanted to play. And I think if, if you watched us play nowadays, you can see we want to be an expansive team. We want to play running rugby, but we also want to be really attritional when it comes um, when it comes to the business end of the pitch inside people's 22, just to be ruthless and, and making sure we're taking points every time. So um, I, I don't know if that really answers your question. It's more I'm just talking about positives really in the squad. I, I feel that it, there's a really good mix of of some quality international guys, obviously the likes of, say, Rob Herring or Jacob Stockdale and Henderson, and then some really quality young guys coming through as well. Um, and I think I think it's really shown in the first, what are we, seven, seven games into this season. I think we've played 40, 40 plus guys in those seven games. So it's really shows there's there's good squad rotation at the moment. Whereas in the past, maybe the team, you could probably guess the 23 to 25 guys that were going to be involved every week if they were fit, whereas now there seems to be a lot more competition for places it means the training intensity is really high it means no one's too complacent which hopefully and at the moment is is paying dividends and for the future we hope for that as well obviously the, the better your training and the more uh, competition you can have 
midweek means the better you'll perform on the weekend because you kind of know every time you go out, you got to put your best foot forward and you got to play your best game. So uh, I think I think it's in a pretty healthy place. Obviously, we, we Dan McFarland's always said that he wants to be um, a championship team and consistently competing for championships. So we're obviously not there yet, but um, if we keep taking these strides forward, obviously last year we had a disappointing end with that final against Leinster, but. Um, to be in that position, um, hopefully we can learn from from those losses, and in the times ahead, we can we can start competing for for championships on both fronts, not just European, but also domestic league as well. Yeah, certainly, I'd, I'd agree with you on the you know I've I've been really impressed with the depth that the squad has had, and you know my previous perception of Ulster would have been similar to yours. Is you know you can roughly pick a large part of the team without. Um, you know, having to overly exert yourself. Whereas now you look at, for example, our centres, you know, you've got the likes of Stu Moore, James Hume coming through, Luke Marshall, Stu McCluskey. And like what that gives you is it, it gives the coaches options to play a slightly different way from week to week. It also means that guys are, are you know, kept fresh. Um, you're not running to the ground. And like, you know, for example, you in your first season would have played nearly every game. And while that's great and you're kind of in a good flow, and it has this positive. At some point, point in the in the season, you'll run out of steam, and you know you can't do that. The way the the, the season is now, with, you know, thirty odd games, you need to be able to rotate. And I think that's similar in, in our back row as well. You know, there's great competition there between you know yourself, Reedy, the Ray brothers, Marcel. Um, it means that you guys can go out, empty the tank for sixty or eighty minutes, and then you might be rotated after two or three games, where you've got a guy who's really hungry coming off the bench. And the other thing as well, is, and you touched on it there, is, is how competitive training is. You know, I think with 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 Dwayne and 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 Jared, um, you know, you have two young coaches with good, fresh ideas. You know, Jared is is kind of novel as a defense coach. He he enjoys when his defense gets beaten in training because he, you know, his philosophy is guys will learn from it. Um, and similar, Peely wants to play with real intensity. And you know, our our midweek session during the week, you know. It feels like pretty much a game, you know, and and that mm. that is allows us to kind of build week on week, and um, I suppose even the age profile of our squad allows us to to train, you know, as hard as we do during the week. Whereas if you'd guys who, you know, are carrying niggles and only going game to game without getting much training under the belt, it's it's very hard to improve week to week. Yeah, absolutely. Like I think I think what you just said there about there's not really any room for being able to just turn up on say a Saturday or Sunday, play your game and then not train for the week and then play again, because that's just not the way it's done. Um, at Ulster under Dan, you, you really have to turn up the training and if you don't, you're not going to get picked. So I think it keeps everyone on their toes. It keeps everyone hungry. And, um, yeah, I think just we're saying it again, but the competition midweek definitely going to help us out in the weekend when we go out and play teams. So it's a, it's an exciting place to be. Yeah, certainly. Um, onto the Irish stuff then. Obviously, you were you were at the last two World Cups, um, you know, and only played for Ireland, you know, a, a year ago. Obviously, it's very competitive at the moment, but you know, I'm sure you harbour ambitions of getting back into that Irish squad. Yeah, definitely. Like it's I suppose if you're on the island of Ireland and you've got a chance of playing for Ireland, I think you're always going to have that ambition. Like you know yourself, you're back here now. I'm sure you. You've got aspirations to get back in green. And so I think any rugby player that tells you that they don't have aspirations 
um, will be lying. So yeah. it's uh, it's definitely one of those things. It's it's on the radar, but um, like I suppose I know I know myself. Like I, I probably haven't been playing up to the standard to to be involved. Like I, I haven't been picked in the last year or so. But there's no reason why if I if I don't start putting in some really quality performances for Ulster. Um, you never know that the phone call might come again. But um, look, that Irish rugby's in a in a pretty good place at the moment. They're seriously got a serious stock of, of back row. We talked about our stock at Ulster, but I suppose across four provinces of Ireland, it's it's one area that Ireland are pretty blessed uh, is the back row. So um, it's certainly a really really tough uh, really tough competition um, ahead of me. But look. Like I said, I've got aspirations. If I, if I play well for Ulster, that's that's great for Ulster. It's great for me, and fingers crossed, um, it would lead on to lead on to getting selected for your country. But it's it's one of those things. That if you're on the island of Ireland and you're you're able to play for them, um, you want to. Like I I, I yeah, don't think till the probably till the day I retire, I I will yeah. have that uh, goal in my mind. You know. Yeah, I think so, I think it has to be every, everyone who's. Um, you know, eligible for Ireland, it has to be their number one goal because if it's not, you know, then you're probably not worthy of playing for your provincial side, you know, whether it's Munster, mm. Leinster, Connacht or Ulster. Um, and I think that's, you know, a big strength within our squad is everyone is ambitious to, you know, drive drive Ulster on as a team, but they want to be in that, in that Irish setup. And, you know, I think for, you know, the likes of ourselves, you know, we've been there, we've played for, and we, you know, we, we know what it takes to play international rugby. Um, it can be hard in our league because a big performance at the weekend against, you know, the likes of Zebra or, or, or Treviso um, isn't going to, like a man of the match against them, isn't going to necessarily get you a call up. You know, we see it with the likes of, you know, Reese Ruddock the last few weeks. He's been man of the match. He's still out of the squad. Sean Reedy's picked up three or four man of the matches. You know, he still hasn't been called up. So you almost have to be patient and kind of wait for, you know, the European rounds to come where you're playing against really quality opposition um, and, you know, build, you know, two, three, four big performances together. And then hopefully the, you know, the, the call up will come, but it, it, it is, um, it is tough being patient, but, you know, I think you've just got to keep believing in the process. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I suppose with, with the league, you can only really play what's in front of you and like, look, there is some, quality teams and quality players in the league but yeah like I think you touched on it there like it's European rugby that really is like you know yourself we like you played the league you played European you played international like there's not that big a difference between top quality European cup games and international games and like you said they're the ones you kind of need to be performing in if you if you get the nod to play in those and you really put your hand up that they're probably the ones that coaches are are looking at the most so um yeah, like we, it's going to be an interesting European Cup this year. It's obviously the format's changed and everything like that, but we've got two pretty, pretty attritional and exciting teams coming our way in Toulouse and Gloucester. So, no better chance to kind of put your hand up and put your best foot forward and uh, do a good job against those sides. And the great thing about about being at Ulster is, like that, Dan says it all the time. Like the the more people that are are involved with Ireland, the better it is for for Ulster as a group, because obviously that means that Ulster as a team are performing well. And it, it also shows and drives the younger guys that it's something that's very achievable. Like they're not too far. They're only a couple of steps away from being able to make that, that step up from, from senior provincial rugby to senior international rugby. So 
I think knowing that and getting the backing of um, provincial coaches that they, they want you to be gone away for for those kind of two or three month periods with with the with the national side definitely helps. So um, no, I think yeah, it's great whenever when everyone's kind of in the same direction or kind of the shifts pointed in the same direction for everyone, you know. Yeah, I think if you if you look at someone like Eric O'Sullivan, you know, I wouldn't have known Eric before I came here. I remember speaking to you before, you know, the season restarted at the end of last year and you were saying, here, look, this guy, Eric's, you know, he's a quality player. You, you might not have heard much of him. And I, you know, visibly was very impressed with him in training, a kind of very mobile guy, good handling skills, seemed to have, seems to tick all the boxes with the, with the tight stuff. Um, and look, he's strung together. You know, obviously he's had a couple of good seasons with Ulster, but he's really hit form. You know, at the tail end of last season, and then this year he's he's been brilliant for us. Um, so it ju- it just shows, you know, if you, if you're producing at provincial level, you know that that call up will come. And there's no doubt in the backs. You know, there's there's guys like Mikey Larry, Stu Moore, James Hume. You know, if they can back up their quality performances in the league with some big performances in Europe, that's going to bode really well for them. To, to make the squad. Yeah, absolutely. All you can do is give coaches selection headaches. So, and you do that by putting your, putting your hat in the ring, by putting in good performances, like we've said. And yeah, touching on Eric, like he, he's just been brilliant. Like since when I first came up here, um, Eric, I think played his first uh, game for Ulster at the very start of that season. And the season before he'd been playing AIL rugby and um, it was like seamless for him. He was just unbelievable. There had been a, a couple of injuries in the loose head uh, slots and he, he trained really well during preseason and um, just out of nowhere, like he, he just came in. Well, I'm sure he'd been spotted by a couple of coaches before, but I was just so impressed from the get go. He was ultra physical, really, really fit um, for a front five. Uh, like you said, it's got really, really quality hands, picks really smart lines and he just wants to get work done. Like you'll see him, chasing back um, on box kicks and, and all sorts, things that you wouldn't expect sometimes out of your um, your traditional loose heads. But he he just loves the work and uh, it's it's really paying off for him now. And I was delighted to hear now yesterday that that uh, he's he's in the Irish squad for this week and fingers crossed he's involved now against Georgia because it'll be, it's definitely what he deserves is to get, is to get a shot like that. So I'm delighted for him. Yeah, certainly. I think, you know, the front row is another... Um, you know, set of positions in the squad where you know the coaches can now look at it and go right against a given side. We can go with Jack and Marty to let's say, for example, go with a more impactful scrum, and then you've got the likes of Tom, Tom O'Toole and Eric, who could you know arguably be um, more mobile. You know, Tom is he's nearly like a loose head the way he plays. He's incredibly mobile. He's got good hands, runs good lines, good footwork on the line. Um, and he's probably another guy who's 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 definitely going to be knocking on the door for for an international call up. Yeah, hundred percent sure. He was obviously in the Six Nations squad last year, um, and unfortunately didn't get capped before COVID hit and and picked up an ankle injury. Uh, I think it was in the league final this year, uh, so he wasn't in the November series squad. But he's a guy who's knocking on the door, and like he's he's obviously um, hotly tipped to to be a quality player in the future. And we, we've already seen plenty of him. He's, he's just quality. Like, and to, you, you said Marty Moore there as well. Like Marty's unbelievable player. Like he, he's come to Ulster. He obviously had two years at Wasps and, um, came to Ulster and he was 
contender for player of the season probably the last two years and for someone like Tom to be learning off uh, a player Marty's caliber who who is internationally capped already and has been around the block and has got well over 100, 100 uh, appearances at club level is is invaluable and same for Eric um, on Jack's front so like Eric would have played all of the 28-18 season really as starting loose head and that Jack came along last year and they were mixing it up a bit and Jack was getting plenty of game times. But like from Eric's point of view, he's he's obviously still only, I think he's only 24. So last year at 23, he was learning from a British and Irish lion. So it's um it's incredible experience to be picking up. Um so I'm not I'm not gonna go into the details of front row dark arts because <laughs> I, I haven't a clue what goes on up there, but uh they seem to be pushing each other pretty hard uh in training and in games, and it's brilliant when you know you've got like a quality front row and you've got like unbelievable guys coming off the bench whether whether it be Jack or Eric or Marty and Tom and and plenty of guys coming through as well behind them as well so it's um it's a it's a pretty stocked uh, area at the moment as well yeah certainly looking forward obviously we've we've um we've Edinburgh this weekend in the league and then moving um whatever down week and then moving on to Europe um with the slightly different uh, fixtures, I suppose, and, and set up of the competition with only having four group games. Obviously, we have a, a tough enough opening fixture against Toulouse. And I think unlike previous years, you know, you ca- really can't afford, you know, a slow start this year. You know, in previous years, we've seen teams even lose their first two games and then manage to find form and still qualify. It's very unlikely that, you know, that that will be, um, that, that that will happen in the current format. But do, do you feel that there's kind of added pressure this year um, going into that first round of, of Europe? I don't, I don't know if I'd say added pressure, to be honest. Like, it's it's one of those things um, every year. If you lose one game, sometimes you see the odd team lose one game and don't even qualify. So it's one of those things. Like, we, we have um, to lose at home first round. And, like, I'm going to back us at any day of the week against any team in the world at home and the Kings fan, especially on a Friday night. Like if, if we can get a crowd there, all the better. But we've we've had some quality wins there in the last few years. Obviously Toulouse are an exceptional side and we'll have to be at our absolute best. But if we don't if we don't go out with an ambitious mindset and plan on winning the game, then we certainly won't. So um no, I'm I'm just very excited and uh I'm just delighted that there's going to be European Cup rugby this season, even though it might be slightly different, but it's still it's still the same competition. Um, so it's going to be great and you want to be playing against the best you know um, like they're, like I said earlier on they're, they're not far off international standard European games and uh, to play someone like Toulouse with the likes of DuPont and, and Tamak and, and those boys would be incredible and then following week against Gloucester who've, who are now most have been going really really well in the English Premiership you know yourself you've played against them quite a number of times the last few years Um so there are no easy games in Europe anymore. I know that sounds like the old cliche, but it's true. Uh, and we're going to be, we're going to have to be at our very best every week that we play in in the competition. But uh, we we obviously have to lose first up, and we need to do our very best to try and win that game. But um, I I think we have every chance of doing it. Yeah, certainly, I'd agree with you. I actually think, you know, with the European Cup, I nearly think there's more rugby plays in the European Cup and in some league games compared to international rugby. Like international rugby is obviously extremely physical. Um, but I think we've seen over the last few weekends, there is a huge amount of kicking. 
and it you know those games have turned into more of an arm wrestle whereas you find you know at club level and when teams get to europe they've been playing more more rugby in their in you know in their own domestic league and then you, you click in for a european game you know there's obviously a massive buzz in the club all week and then you're going out looking to build on what you've been doing as opposed to go into your shell and think right how are we going to play winning rugby? We're going to start kicking the ball more. I don't think you see as, as much of that. And that's why I, I think the, the European Cup has been such a good spectacle over the last few years. Yeah, I agree. Especially like what we're going to have seven or eight games under the belt. And then if you count the very end of last season as well, like we're we're going into that competition, like you said, with a team that's pretty cohesive and has had a lot of time to gel. So you'd be hoping that you can kind of put on a show and um, like, like I said earlier on, the kind of rugby we want to play is really exciting, expansive rugby. We'll obviously make the right decisions when we need to where it comes to the kicking side of things. But like our our coaches aren't afraid to say it and like it's we we're gonna be an entertaining team, not just because it looks good, but because everyone comes to that and it's the kind of rugby you, you get up every day and you wanna go in and train that kind of rugby. You don't wanna go in and train a game where it's all about tactical kicking or box stuff like that's obviously a part of training and rugby that you do have to refine and you do have to be good at that but um the Ulster that I've been playing with the last few years is certainly the kind of team that wants to go out and score a lot of points express ourselves as much as possible that's definitely one of the sayings that uh Dwayne Peel uses a lot I'm sure you know yourself and backs me and says he wants wants us to express ourselves and not to go into our shells. So uh no, that's it's definitely something to look forward to in the in the coming games and weeks ahead. Yeah, certainly. And like in the last two years, Ulster have, have, have done well. You know, they've qualified from their group um the last two years. Obviously it was a, a, a tough draw having to go away to Toulouse um at the end of last year. And similar with the with the league, we've made, you know, the semi final and then we made the final this year. You know, what do you think it's going to take for us to to go a step further and 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 see some some silverware back in back in Ravenhill? That's a tough question. Um, but yeah, like I I guess from what I said earlier, I think the the rotation where we have in the squad at the moment and the guys that are able to just seamlessly fit in is always going to uh, bode well in the future, especially if someone does pick up a knock and. Um, Sometimes in the past, a player that maybe played ninety percent of our games picked up a knock, and someone came in, and it was it was almost like it was their first game, or they'd only had maybe four or five caps under the belt, and it was it was kind of as if it was one of those things where people were worried about them whether they'd be phased, and then I'm sure the individual was wondering whether they'd be phased. Whereas now, in in these situations where it's rugby is an attritional sport we're going to pick up injuries when people are able to slot in for others and it's just seamless i think that'll definitely help us um standards yeah, in in our training and um games have, have definitely gone through the roof in the last year or two so i think that will always um that will always help yeah, when agree. it comes to the business end of the season um, yeah. and then i, I suppose it, I, think the, I think it's the strength of our squad that that could you know, get us over the line and, and, and get us winning winning trophy or trophies this year. But um mm. look, George, it's it's been it's been brilliant having you on. Um as 
fellow teammate and, and goal ambassador. Um, so thank you very much for coming on. Cheers. Thanks very much, Matt. Appreciate it. Nice one, George. House of Rugby Ireland, here on Joe, together with Guinness. Game changed.